Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. This is Holly. And Amy. And Kristen. And we're joining you via Zoom today for part two of a conversation we started last week on, we called it, what the help. But what we really wanted to share was how we had all three separately had light bulb moments in our lives that redirected the way we viewed health and health care, how we looked at prevention over cures, and really changed our lives and the lives of some of our family members. And we thought that was an important conversation because it really goes back to a couple of things. One being that we learned not to blindly trust, that it's always important we always wear our thinking caps and we ask ourselves questions around what we're being told to do or not do. Does it make sense? Does it resonate? You know, um, and, and these are all things that we're just challenging you to do too. Certainly, we've ha all had a collective health crisis over 2020 and 2021, right? Sorry, guys, my phone was going off there. Um, we've had our own health crisis, and we've learned how important it is to take good care of ourselves. You know, we can't depend on our neighbors or anyone else to do the things necessary for us to maintain good health. And that message has been loud and clear. And we want to just kind of piggyback off of some of this conversation. So if you missed last week, we're going to tell you it was a longer episode because the three of us share very personal information and health history, both of ourselves and some of our family members and things that we learned that the truly had we listened and just listened to the first opinion, had we just blindly trusted, I mean, we may not even be here. I hate to even say that for in, in my case, I don't even know if I'd be alive had I just blindly trusted if I had not been persistent and fighting for answers. Um, medical error is a leading cause of death in the United States. Did you guys know this? It is a leading cause. I know that's frightening. And we have to understand doctors and nurses, and Kristen is one of them. We thank God for these people every day that are serving to try to help us. But they're human. They're going to make mistakes. Yep. But so often mistakes are made because of drug interactions, because of um, someone having a health condition that perhaps either isn't disclosed or isn't considered in a treatment of another health condition. Um, and so it's important that we, again, as we stated in episode one, that we be our own advocates. We have to be willing to disclose all information to doctors so that even if you go to a doctor for an earache, Make sure they know your whole health history because you have no idea how much, and as Kristen shared in her story, you guys heard, she went from one illness to treating it to another illness, all which seemed unrelated, but looking back, we see that one thing was causing another, which was causing another, right? Crazy. And so we want to continue this conversation for the next little bit, just to kind of point you in the right directions or into directions that we found resources that we have found helpful, but I'm going to include some articles that tell you just, um, just how much medical error is playing a role in deaths in the United States. I also want you to know something else. I want you to know the size of the pharmaceutical market. The United States is one of the wealthiest countries in the world, but it is not the healthiest. And that's really interesting considering about um, the, the U.S. has half of the, their revenue share of the North American pharmaceutical market, the United States has about half of it. I mean, with all of our access to health, doctors, medical innovation, why are we not healthier? In fact, I believe the stats show that for the first time ever, 
we're starting to actually regress, that life expectancy is actually, I think, starting to go backwards, and that the incidence of autoimmune diseases is skyrocketing. And all of these resources will put will give out to you, but it's, it's alarming. What is going on? I know. What is it, Kristen? One of them, a big one. <laughs> what is it? Obesity. <laughs> there you go. We're we eating all the things. Obesity eating. and diabetes. I mean, like and truly sugar and food. fat, sugar. And like, look, now eating healthy fats is great, but being over, even overweight, and obese, obesity. Can I just read some of these stats like on CDC? Yes. This is straight from the CDC site, okay? Obesity worsens outcomes from COVID-19. Um, let's see, it says adults with excess weight are at even greater risk during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, it increases the risk of severe illness and also overweight people can be at risk. Also increases the risk of hospitalization. Obesity is linked to impaired immune function it decreases lung capacity and reserve and can make ventilation more difficult. A study of COVID-19 uh, cases suggests that risk of hospitalization, intensive care unit, invasive medical ventilation and death are higher with increasing BMI. So the higher your BMI, your basic uh, what, metabolic, wait, 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 why am I having a brain fart? Your BMI. Body mass index. Body mass index. I'm sitting here thinking of <laughs> basal metabolic, what am I thinking? I, I should know this, body mass index. Sorry, that was my brain fart. Um, but then let's see, uh, more than 900,000 adult COVID-19 hospitalizations occurred in the United States between the beginning of the pandemic and November 18th, 2020. So this is just for that short period of time. Models estimated that 30% of those hospitalizations were attributed to obesity. I mean, and it's, and it's so prevalent. And so, and it doesn't, no, and I will say, you know, um, unhealthy foods are cheaper. You know, and, and, so and that is a disparity that I wish we would do more about in this country that for, for lower income families getting access to good food is harder. It is harder. And but that, that's not, the but food is not talked about. Like it's not, they're not, they don't talk. It, there's no education. I think it's the education. It, it is. It's the education because certainly, but if you, if you guys know, like in certain parts of the country, even getting good produce sometimes is, you know, you look, we all know because we have the means, but we'll go to the right grocery store to get the right produce because we don't want the crappy produce at, at other grocery stores. I mean, and again, there are, there are a lot of, I, I should say, there's a lot of ministries and outreaches out there that are, that are doing this. They're going into these poor communities, taking their, they're growing gardens. They're taking this stuff into those communities. But the reality is, is that it is obviously, you know, they call Whole Foods Whole Paycheck for a reason because it's freaking ridiculously expensive, you know, but getting access to good food is something that we could work on, um, you know, a, a, as a country. And I'm not saying the government I think we could use that, some of the stimulus, COVID stimulus package. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We should use some of that. <laughs> to, uh, you know, instead of for some of the other things that went towards. That's I can exactly think it's right, but let's get people, let's get, get, get them good nutritious food, but it goes beyond that. It's education. Just like you guys said, it's people need to understand that. And, and, and frankly, doctors, I, it's crazy to me. My father had open heart surgery at 51. Uh, that was very young. Um, and he had a quadruple bypass. And I remember that the doctor was pretty much like, well, it's genetic. There's like not much he can do in regards to how he, you know, his, how he eats that would make a difference. And I'm like, inflammation in the body, if, if, if cholesterol is 
is created because of inflammation of the body, especially high levels of cholesterol. Shouldn't we not be putting foods in our bodies that create inflammation? Mm. I don't know. That just makes way too much sense, but maybe that's because I'm thinking. I don't know. Well, I just, same thing with Chad. The, the doctors told him after he had his diverticulitis, everything like there were no, it's just like diet doesn't matter. Right. Diet doesn't matter. Like, well, and I, th- I think also even even with the, the cost issues and stuff, I mean, I have a, a, a lot of friends that have been on Medicaid and get welfare and stuff and they use that money and, and they do get healthy choices. They, but they have to make those choices and you do. And look, I learned, I grew, I grew up on a budget. Uh, my parents did. I did. We t- my mom, but my mom, her favorite phrase was tight wide Sally Sue. We were coupon cutting, looking at the clearance, looking at the discount. We've looked for the yellow sticker at Harris Teeter. We call it, you know, whatever's the on sale, the discount rack for the produce. But so there are choices with that, but you know, what's free exercise. Yeah. I mean, even 10 minutes of a walk, if you're not yes. doing anything, you can get outside and you get the vitamin D and the sunshine. So there are things that yes, you can make it an excuse or you can, you know, make it propel you. And it doesn't have to be all or none. Like you don't have to say, oh, I have to start eating clean and exercising an hour a day or else it's not worth it. Like, you know, it's that whole one degree. Like what if you just ate one more vegetable a day? What if you just moved your body for 10 minutes a day? But nobody talks about it. We need a huge public health initiative on all of this. I mean, one of my big like projects in nursing school was community health with kids. And that's when I learned so much about obesity and diabetes, just in kids. You would not believe the kids that came in that were like five, six, seven years old and weighed more than me. And, and they're eating, you know, a bag of Cheetos or Doritos in the triage room and, and, and saying that their stomach hurts, you know, and I'm so it, and there, it, but there is a lack of education and I just can't believe it. I was always educating my patients. Oh my gosh, all the time. I don't know if they listened or not, but somebody needed to talk to them, you know, because it is so important to be proactive. Well, guys, why do you think, okay, so I remember in school, you know, we got the health education, right? We had a health and PE classes we had to take. Mm -hmm. And we got the pyramid, right? The food pyramid, which thinks a lot of crap now, to be honest with you, I'm not sure I believe in that anymore. But, you know, we, we were taught certain things, but it's like, when you look into, well, here's what, here's what we know. What you see on your television and the sponsored ad content you see on social media is where the money is. Okay. If you ever want to know where money is, if where money trails are, just look at what's being promoted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Look at the messaging that's being promoted. You all, you almost always be able to find a money trail to it. The thing that really why oh let me ask you girls what do you think it is why didn't in the when the pandemic started why didn't Fauci and uh what's her name the girl that was up there you know with the president and why weren't they up there saying hey until we know what we're dealing with here here's what we do know you're going to need to make sure your levels of vitamin c and vitamin d are at are at you know these levels because we know this is what fights off all kinds of viruses like why get outside? Yes, yeah, socially distance, but go outside. Don't sit in your house. It's the worst thing you can do. Why was it more of that messaging out there? Uh, that's a great question. I would love for somebody who was we making those decisions answer. to answer that. Of course, that. we have our hypothesis. <laughs> we have, we have what's the hypothesis, Amy? What's, what's our theory? Well, what you just said, it, I, I just feel like it all boils down to money. Yeah. Vitamin D and exercise are super inexpensive. And how is that going to keep the pharmaceutical industry making billions of dollars. Okay, well, well, and let, listen, listen. let's say, what, 
speaking of the size, would you say, Kristen? I'm just sitting here saying a virus spreads more. Same with the flu. It's not like the old myth of don't go, you know, you'll get a catch a cold if you go outside. Okay. Right. You're going to prevent a cold if you go outside, you know, because when you're inside cooped up with people, here they are. It's a pandemic with a virus that, you know, spreads more inside in a non-ventilated place than yeah. it is outside, but they wanted you to be in with masks on. Well, do you remember the doctor who made a whole heck of a lot of sense that, that social media suppressed and censored, but he's the one that said, we don't which have one? <laughs> right, which, which so many. many. Which, the one that said, we don't have a flu season. We have a vitamin D deficiency season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what, that's when our that. levels drop when it, when the weather gets colder, because we're spending less time outside. Um, the, the revenue of the worldwide pharmaceutical market in 2020 was 1.27 trillion U.S. dollars. Now, I know for some of you, you've heard about STEMI packages, stimulus packages, the STEMI checks. STEMI checks. And we're talking about trillions of dollars. And so you may not think that's a lot of money. I just want you to understand how many zeros go behind that one for there to be trillions of dollars. This is in 2020 alone, 1.27%. And it's experienced significant growth during the past two decades. What I find interesting about that, guess what else has experienced significant growth during the past two decades? Autoimmune diseases. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Causation, right? We, we, that does not, I mean, what is that? A correlation does not equal causation. We know that. We can't just say, well, they must be related. I would love someone to study it. I'd love for someone to study that and what's in our food, what's in our, our nutrition, because they're, the, the scientists who have been studying the rise in autoimmune diseases are pretty much saying, and I'll, I'll give this source to you guys as well, but they're saying it's not genetic. There's not enough time for this to be a genetic situation. There is an environmental cause mm -hmm. to this, right? And we're, what, but, but again, who doesn't want us to get to the root causes? The ones who benefit from the cure or the treatment. Well, I mean, there, yep. there's so much going on right now with inf inflammation is what basically causes what you said something before we've got here. inflammation it causes cholesterol is elevated cholesterol is you, know, you were saying it was like the root of something you had like a maybe or something and they they've actually already said that there are inflammatory foods yep. there are foods that actually increase inflammation right you know and and look even when I did my research on you know Hashimoto's uh, that's when I started learning about autoimmune diseases and that gluten, you know, can exacerbate that because it's basically, it basically triggers your body to attack itself. And sugar, you know? and is, sugar, sugar is super inflammatory. Sugar is and a demon. Try to find one thing that sugar is not in these days. I saw a quote, <laughs> I saw a sentence the other day that, in one of the books that we have, I don't know if it was the Fat for Fuel or the Walls Protocol or something, one of those, but it said sugar fans the flames of inflammation. It does. It does. I mean, the first thing you should do if you get sick is get off sugar. Truly, I believe that. I'm not a doctor. Obviously, I'm not giving medical advice. Let me just say that again for the millionth time. Um, <laughs> this is not what we're here to do. But I, I'm saying from all that I have read about how sugar, how the body handles sugar, it is. A, it's. I'm, I'm kind of surprised we're not calling it a toxin yet. To be honest with you, and I'm right. talking about refined sugars. I'm not talking about what you find in your fruits and things like that. I'm, I'm talking about you know this refined sugar that we're we're consuming in large numbers. Um, I think that's something to be looked at. And, you know, hey, let me ask you this. And I don't know that this has anything to do with sugar. Why do, when I was growing up, I did not know, but maybe one child with a peanut allergy, if that. I don't, I don't really remember having a friend or anybody that I know that had nut allergies. But how many of y'all's kids' friends have nut 
allergies. I definitely know a couple for sure. It's like, where did this come from? Or just the allergies in general. Yeah. It's like now we have kids who can't have nuts. There's food allergies. And then it truly, you look at that along with the growing number of auto. I'm not, I'm going to quote this number, but then I'll make sure I have the facts right for our resource list. I want to say they said in the 80s, it was like 11% of Americans had an autoimmune disease. By the maybe by 1990, now it's like 49 percent of some form of an autoimmune issue. What in the world? That is crazy, right? And now let's look at lifestyle. You know, we are more sedentary. We don't walk to things like we used to. We're not as active. Oh my gosh! Can I just tell you this? We were just listening to our husband's aunt talk about um, back in the day. When she, when she was a teenager, um, she was what, 15? Right? Yeah, or no? yeah, yeah. She would, went on a date with a bully and they would not let her get in the car with him, but they let her walk with him from Surfside, Surf Surfside, City, Surfside. Surfside to Myrtle Beach. It was, was it 15 miles, it's 20 like miles? A hefty 10 to 15, probably more like maybe. Between 10 and 15 miles. Okay, but then even just normally when they were in Pennsylvania, they li- that was when they had their beach trip, but the- when they lived in Pennsylvania, they they would walk, she walked to get her ears pierced 20 miles to the place to get her ears pierced. This was just a normal thing. This is what she did. She said she got there and they said that she needed permission, right, from the mom. So she had to go walk all the way back and get the permission slip and then walk back the next day to get it. Like, this is what they were doing. Yes. And now I'm like, my kids complain if we walk to the neighbor's house instead of drive <laughs> don't don't worry i do not listen to that y'all but i'm just saying that is just where we've come right. can you imagine asking your kids to walk that far you know at all you know at all? you know that they can't be bothered but i tell you what i you know this is why because our life I, the way our kids have grown up compared to how we did, y'all, we played outside every single day. My mama would say, get outside. I don't want to see you in here. Like, I don't know about your mamas, but like, it was like, get out. There was so many of us, right? There's three of us. She's like, get outside, go outside now. And if we had friends over, there was no like, I mean, you might play a little bit. Everybody has a playroom now and the kids are all in the playroom. My parents were like, uh-uh, y'all go outside, go build a fort, play kickball. We don't care. We don't want to like, we will call you when it's time to come in. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, were, we didn't even want to be in, I mean, like, it's not that we didn't want to be there. Like we were just, that's just what we did. We just came yeah. home and we were out until now, you know, you had the dinner bell, my mom burnt everything. So she, we had the smoke detector and she will agree right now when she hears this. That's she, funny. Oh my God. <laughs> my sweet mom. You wonder how I am the way I am, you know? <laughs> I mean, because I grew up like that and now I, I mean you know I love to cook and I love to exercise and all this stuff and you she, she hated cooking hated grocery shopping yeah. <laughs> she's, right. turned, she's turned around she's gotten better but yeah well there's another stat I want to share with y'all um because it just I popped to my head that I need to make sure I mentioned when I told you about the size of the pharmaceutical market in 2020 1.27 trillion dollars mm-hmm. um Humira is one of the autoimmune disease uh, drugs that suppresses the immune system so basically you don't have flares you have people on Crohn's things like people with Crohn's and other kinds of like um, psoriatic arthritis things like that a lot of them um, might be prescribed Humira do you know what the sales of Humira was in 2020 you want to guess you want to guess okay 1.27 trillion is the total for everything yeah 1.27 trillion is the is the total 
for worldwide pharmaceutical market. Okay. Two billion. 20, 20. 20.4 billion. Shut up. Promise y'all. So, so where's the motive to get to the root when you can make that much money off the sickness? I'm, I mean, I'm going to say it, and I know that I'm going to piss people off. I don't really care. That's not my, I don't, I don't worry about people who don't like me, but you're just, <laughs> 20, I mean, that's my personality. Like, I'm not, that's, I, I'll, but there's listen. So many, there's so many, like, there's so much evidence out there of that statement, not yes. just Sarah, but just in general, where if you look, I mean, you know that that's happening. Yes. And in I a mean, a lot of ways. In, in um, net income of Johnson and Johnson, last year was 15 billion. I mean, you just, you start to just, when you see how much money is at stake for the treatment, it starts to help you understand why the focus is on treating and not prevention. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it? And then, but our government spent, researchers spent, um, is that $1,557,083 um, of taxpayer, of money, taxpayer on, money from the National Science Foundation grants worth worth that to walk lizards on a treadmill. Oh, oh yeah. Say that number again. That, this was a government study funded by taxpayer dollars. Researchers spent funds from the National Science Foundation grants worth $1,557,083 to walk lizards on a treadmill. Oh, I can't wait for us to do the government spending episode. And I know I didn't mean I was just bringing that up because I'm like, here no, we it's good. all of this money. Like, why is the money going towards things like this? And why are people like Big Pharma making so much money and nobody? And I don't even care about the money. We care about the health. Like if yes. we really care about the health, prevention is key. Yes, that's we exactly it. But they don't want you to prevent it because then they don't make the money. They don't make money off of well people. No, no, yeah. they I don't. Mean, um, yeah, uh, AbbVie is the company that has Humira. By the way, if you want to look into, um, oh, you can you can go down so many rabbit holes. But if you want to look at lawsuits against some of these companies, like that, also is telling. They've settled many of them out of court, which that does not mean they're guilty. Let me just say the lawsuit, the legal system is another thing that's also screwed up. So just because someone has a lawsuit and they sell it, it's not, it's, that's not an admission of guilt, doesn't even mean they were guilty. But if you want to go chase some rabbit holes, like you can go look at um, Pfizer. I mean, Pfizer makes Advil. Go look at the number of, um, you know, and they've made the, the one of the mRNA vaccines. But um, another thing that you can go look at, and again, I'm just going to throw this out here for you guys to take a look at, go look at the articles written about Moderna before the, um, the, uh, the vaccine ever came out. If you go back to 2019, 2020, before the vaccines were rolled out, if you want to see, there were so many questions behind Moderna, people accusing the CEO of being um, hasty, impatient. I mean, things that, again, today, you're probably not going to find as easily because, you know, they're really promoting this vaccine, but there were this this company had existed for 20 years and not had one i don't think a fda approved product wow i didn't know i didn't even know mm-hmm. that and then yeah. i just recently learned about the month is it month Monsanto. Monsanto. yeah 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 well, crops the glyphosate. i mean that's not big pharma, but what i mean it is like well a, you there's big pharma and, and then there's big what you know, the right. big food industry or whatever which is probably you know ties all the way back into the obesity diet, well, diabetes epidemic. many of them wasn't monsanto also aligned with like bayer or something I, wasn't there it was a um 
There's, okay, so for those of you who don't know, Bonsanto is the one who created Roundup, and it was a um, glyphosate-based herbicide developed in the 70s, and they had evidence that it was actually a carcinogen, and they apparently covered up, and that was some that came out. There's a, there's a and they did GMO. You know, they were able to genetically modify the seeds to be resistant to the Roundup, so that they would grow and thrive with the Roundup on them. You know, and not be killed, so it'd kill the bugs, and you know, but it wouldn't kill the plant. So the seeds were changed for for the because normal organic seeds. Well, if you spray that on them, your your farmer's crops would be dead. That's right. So it was a way to mass produce food, yep. um, and make more money that way. Um, there's there's a whole lot you could you could deep dive in that whole origin. Right. I think the whole point is that just you just never it, it always goes back to follow the money trail and follow the intention and the agenda. Oh, you know? oh, oh, I'm sorry. Pfizer acquired by Pfizer in 2002. Monsanto. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. OK, that's the connection there. OK, I knew there was a pharmaceutical connection. So, oh, wow. That were that are that we're trusted that are saying, hey, that's it's, it's safe. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. There's a lot of things you can you can learn, you know, with that. But like one thing I know I watched that changed a lot of my perspective on the food industry specifically was back in the day, a long time ago, there was a documentary called Food Incorporated. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Food Inc. Just put that on your list. You'll learn a lot about about our our food industry here in, in the United States. Yeah. And Monsanto. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Well, we can put some resources up for you guys to check out for yourselves. And but but what we want you to know here here's our best advice from having and build a commune. Yeah, <laughs> build, a commune. build a commune. Grow a commune. <laughs> create a commune. Create a commune. Uh, There's chickens and cows. Yes. yes. Build our house in the prairie style. Yes. <laughs> I, listen, I'm, it's it's scary, but I'm getting there. I'm getting I'm getting to where I'm like, y'all ready? Let's go do this. Yes. You know what, guys, here's what we want you to take away from this. If you or a loved one is struggling with chronic disease or just an, uh, an overall feeling of unwellness, there are options. And the options aren't just what the first doctor you go to tells you, although the first doctor you go to may be spot on and have it all right. If you go to a doctor, by the way, if you do some of this research into alternative therapies and medicines and you go to your Western, tra Western medicine trained MD, he or she may not support you in this whatsoever right um don't be shocked if they don't know anything about it or if they say no that's that's yeah. not gonna work or if they just kind of make you feel like yeah you can do it but i mean i'm sure it's not yeah i mean if they're like a if they're a good doctor like um my gastroenterologist when she prescribed uh triple therapy antibiotics for my stomach conditions and i developed thrush and i just started researching at home therapies for thrush, which one of which was to hold coconut oil in your mouth for five minutes, multiple times a day. And within 24 hours, my thrush was going away and she was shocked. When I told her what happened, she was shocked. She wrote it down and she took notes as to what I was telling her. So she could go look into it for herself. It's something she could encourage her other patients to do. That's the kind of doctor you want is the kind who's open to learning from you. And look, of course, we're going to like want to go to the alternative natural approach as much as you can. But it could even be just as simple as it, it could also be just a second opinion on a different medicine. Yeah. I mean, if you like been given something, you're like, I don't know that this is what it's going on. And, yeah. and it's 
you, I've done this before with my doctor actually. And she actually ended up giving me what I, you know, found would have been better for me, you know, and it has been, but I was like, is there any reason we aren't looking at this? And I sent stuff to support this. And she was like, well, okay. So these are things that like, and you don't always have a lot of time to do this or no time, but, but you have to just remember whatever they tell you. I'm not saying, we are not saying not to trust what your doctor says. Yeah. I mean, please don't think that we're saying not don't saying trust their first thing, but if you have a gut feeling, you know, if you really feel like something's off, something's not right, or you have to trust your gut. We even say that with parents, they come into, you know, the ER or anything too. You're looking at the kid, you think something, but the mama is telling you that they are not acting right. This is not my child. I'll say, they always say, listen to the mom. She yep. knows. That's and it. Just, like, just like you need to listen to your gut and listen to your intuition. So please know we do trust certain medications. We do trust certain doctors. We do trust that they went to school. They have this, you know, the education, they know what they're talking about, but also sometimes they don't know other options or That's maybe right. they've never done it. They could be scared to, you know, do it because their name's on it, yeah. but you do have to fight for it. And if you provide enough information for them or talk, talk about it enough or do your own research, like you might, find, you will find somebody. Okay. And, okay. And absolutely. You will find somebody. And again, it, it is about taking back some control instead of subjecting, you know, yourself to just blindly trusting the process. If you're not getting better, if things aren't improving or if they're getting right. worse, it, you know, it is okay. It's okay. I think we've sometimes been shamed into not trusting. I mean, I've had, I had a doctor treat me like crap over this. So, I mean, I know they exist. Um, I won't say his name yet, but <laughs> I'm not saying I'll say it someday. But I mean, I get it. I get, I understand that it's sometimes it's going to take some bravery and it's going to take some effort on your part. But we're just here to tell you, we've seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in the lives of loved ones. And guys, mindset is huge. That's a huge mm -hmm. part of health. You know, there have been countless studies on people who have healed from chronic diseases or fatal diseases that, that miraculously recovered that kept a positive, hopeful mindset. And mm -hmm. they really focused on that. And, you know, we can't scientifically prove that, of course, but there's a whole lot of people in the medical community who've seen enough of it to think there's something to that, that, that your mindset is a powerful part of your work. Mindset, support, prayers, vibrations, yes. like it really, it, it has so much to do with, I mean, it's a lot about just manifesting and believing too, you know, yeah. and, and that's hard sometimes. That's really hard, especially when you've got somebody who's deep in depression or, you know, going through a whole lot, but uh, it is a ch choice. It is a yes. very difficult choice some days and some days you can't make that choice, but we have learned so much about mindset. Yes. Um, just, uh, you know, even more, I feel like the older we get, the more we really realize, you know, Absolutely. what's really important and yeah. how much that matters. Mind over matter really is a thing. Yes. It is. And drinking more water, just up your water intake, throw some lemon in it. Yep. There you go. Move That's your body. Just, just do that. If you just, just get some sunshine every day, if you commit to like drinking more water, with lemon, with your alkaline, uh, yeah. alkaline and get outside. You get the sun, you get the exercise, you get the water, even 10 minutes a day. Yes. Just, just challenge yourself yeah. commit to it, you know, and, and, and commit to like, really, really, if you don't have a chronic disease and all of this is new news to you, take care of yourself to prevent it. Like prevention and ounce of prevention really is worth a pound of cure. We know this mm -hmm. for sure. Well, guys, 
Thank you for joining in with us today. We are going to put all these resources at your disposal. We want to hear from you. Have you found doctors that you think are great? Please let us know because we're always being asked, who should I go see? Um, have you found, um, you know, different? I, I no longer get mammograms. That's a conversation for another day. I go and get ultrasounds. I can tell you where to go do that. Um, if you have dense breast tissue, it's a great um, alternative that I found. I was always going for a mammogram and then being sent to get the ultrasound. So now I skip all that, go straight to the ultrasound and save myself, you know, the, um, the experience and, you know, what comes with mammograms. I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, a couple years ago, they stopped, they said they're not sure all women need to get a mammogram every year. And of course, we've all been so trained to believe that like, you know, early prevention, early detection, early detection, early detection. And I was like, what is that about? Well, it turns out like there is some question about there are side effects to getting a lot of mammograms. Um, they were noticing uh, heart issues in some women and of course, exposing them to the radiation. They weren't sure that was great for them either. So not trying to scare you from a mammogram. What I'm saying is if you're looking for other alternatives, like I was, I can tell you about one. And I know these gals can do the same. We'll throw all those links up in our resources page. Thanks for tuning in. We want to hear back from you. If you enjoy this podcast and we sure hope you do, please go give us a five-star rating and share it with your friends. We'll yeah. see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye everybody.